Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ladies Power Launch. I want to say thank you so much to Deborah for joining us today. We're continuing our series of conversations about money. You know, there's an opportunity here. We're in the second quarter of 2021, and I feel like there's an opportunity for us to elevate our money mindset. Let's become masters of our money. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So I love to say often to people that if you feel like money's boring, talk to Deborah because she, what did you say, Deborah? You put the sexy back in money? Put the sexy back in money. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I really mean by that, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you know, there's some, there's some boring stuff that you have to do to keep in track. You have to track, you have to know what to track. I mean, there is a little bit of mundane stuff that goes along with it, but seeing your personal and your business bank accounts go up, that's sexy. Take a minute for me and introduce yourself to our audience. Say who you are and what it is that you do. I am Deborah Daniel. I am a serial entrepreneur. I've been doing this entrepreneurial journey for nearly 30 years now. And I focus on the area of money and wealth creation. My I'm a CPA by trade. That's the business that I've owned consistently throughout the the 30 years. I still own and operate that. We just finished our 29th tax season. Um, But I have multiple other businesses, mostly related to money, financial planning and insurance agency. I own an all women's co-working space in the Northern Atlanta suburbs because I am- So basically you're just a slacker doing nothing all day long. (laughs) But I try to keep it all in the same lane, right? It's really all about, it's really more than money to me now. It's really about wealth because to me, wealth is not a number in the bank account. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset and it's more than just your money. I mean, if if you'll indulge me for a minute, I've kind of during COVID kind of encapsulated this into a little bit of what I call the money period, the wealth pyramid, really. What I talk about the most is this is the base of the pyramid, which is money. We've got to have money to do everything. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? They, you can't self-actualize until you you know can keep your lights on and feed yourself and stay clothed and stuff like that. We can't jump to the pinnacle. Well, I think that's the same thing with wealth. I mean, you can't advance past into the next level, which I think is relationship wealth, which I think we built a lot of, I know you are very into it, Davia, and, and Laura, you too. Um, it, it's it's that wealth of relationships where we have the right team around us. We have the right, you know, people we can call on for anything. We're, um, you know, we also are a resource for other people. And then I mostly work, I mean, I have all kinds of clients in my tax business, but where I am able to help most people is speakers, author, coaches, service providers, those kind of businesses, um, and especially women. And the next level I think of wealth is our knowledge wealth, where we are the go-to person on whatever that area of expertise that we are. I mean, mine happens to be money and wealth, but where we are a resource that other people lean into and we're able to monetize that wealth. So, I mean, monetize that knowledge wealth. And then after we've figured these other three out, then we can get to the pinnacle, which is spiritual wealth, kind of equivalent to self-actualization. Um, you know, and I'm not talking God or source or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I think that doesn't fit exactly into business. I'm talking about living your purpose, but I don't know if you see this ladies, but when I'm talking to other women business owners, they all are like, oh, I want to serve. And, you know, I want to live in my purpose and all that kind of stuff. And that is amazing. And I want everybody to do that, but you cannot do it 
if you don't have your lights on, right? If you can't feed yourself, because the reality is, I think, and this is what I'm trying to help people do by giving them all the money tips and stuff that I've accumulated myself and shared with thousands really over the years is good people making good money, do good things. So we really should make it our, our goal to make as much money as we can, not so that we can have a big, you know, nicer car or bigger house, or, I mean, of course those things are great, you know, but because there's a ripple effect as entrepreneurs. And I know everybody, a lot of people that listen to this are entrepreneurs. I mean, if you think about when I, I mean, I, the last live speaking that I did prior to COVID was to a group of social entrepreneurs. And we were talking about the social impact of um, entrepreneurship. And I just did a back of the envelope kind of calculation in the 28 years at that time that I'd had the business. I came up with about 50 approximately people that I had employed over that, over that time with a, with a really rough estimate of around $4 million in payroll that I had paid out. Well, that $4 million allowed those people to go and take their daughter to dancing school and pay that small business owner or pay their mortgage or, you know, just think of the ripple effect of that. That's what this is all about. Not so that we can just hoard the money for ourselves and be like the little dragon, you know, in, in, you know, Lord of the Rings or whatever. And, you know, you know, sitting on our little pile of treasure, our treasure is out there to, expand, right? Um, that's why I love the word currency. I mean, it's kind of an old fashioned word, but you know, the highest person in the country in, in, in the government of, is the comptroller of the currency. Well, that's refer- referring to even our forefathers got that there was a flow of money, you know? And so everybody that keeps the money flowing, it, it, it benefits us all. You know, the same theme keeps coming up. I think one of our speakers, Celeste Hartwell, she said, money wants women Money wants women because when women have money, women do great things in the world and you get that ripple effect. And I feel like you're saying kind of the same thing. Another one of our speakers pointed to the fact that a lot of the heart centered entrepreneurs are leaving corporate. And so corporate is becoming less heart centered and you're not having that ripple effect of what happens when money is in the right hands happening there. So I just love your spin on that idea. That's really, really great. Deborah, here's the thing. A lot of us, we're really, really focused on mastering our money mindset. If you, you've seen so many clients over the years, you talk to so many entrepreneurs every day. What's the one thing that if you could just bang us over the head with it, what's the one thing that you would say to us, remind us about? You've got to track. You've got to track where you give your attention expands, right? I mean, if you, I mean, how can you decide what you should even be charging people? How could you decide if you should buy that next product or you should buy that next program? If you don't know what your return on investment is, what you've been historically getting, if you don't know the lifetime value of a client, if you don't know the metrics that go into your business. And frankly, we're six months into the year, as Laura said, I mean, 2020 is, is, is history as far as that's concerned. If you're only, t- I would say, have a relationship with someone. I, I think your accountant is a good person to have it with because we have a little bit more of an overall picture of what's going on. Because the reality is the two biggest expenses you'll probably have in your lifetime are your housing and your taxes. 
So if you're going to, I mean, again, it's, it's all about return on investment. If you're going to spend an hour and you could save yourself thousands of dollars or spend an hour and save yourself hundreds of dollars, where should you spend your, 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 your hour? So if you're going to do that, I think spend your time trying to reduce your taxes. And as business owners, and I think that's mostly our, 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 who we're talking to here, it's the absolute, I mean, you have so many options. Me, any other, there's no one out there that can really help save taxes for folks that are just W-2 income. It's a a fantasy world if you think that you really can, because all the really great tax saving strategies, you have to have some kind of income that is, that we can actually deduct stuff from, right? I mean, an employee doesn't get to deduct their, you know, their driving around, doesn't get to deduct their cell phone, doesn't get to to deduct, you know, sponsoring their kids, you know, baseball team and stuff like that. We have that ability as a business owner to create these business expenses from things that we're already spending anyway, and and really create wealth from that. So I would say tracking is the absolute best way to do. I mean, for example, I I mean, tracking is the most important thing in everything. I mean, I I, I don't think you know, Davia, I lost about 60 pounds right before the- um, You told the, me, uh, congratulations on that. I'm actually about to start back on it again and I've maintained it throughout COVID, which is nice, but it, it, it wasn't like I did really anything differently than I'd been doing ever since I had children who are now almost 20. I was like, gosh, what's, we got to do something about this. Um, but I started tracking what I was eating. So I was paying attention to it. So obviously then it changed. It's the same thing with your money. I mean, if you give it the attention, if you track it, you're going to see it expand. And, and there's nothing that anybody can do. There's no miracle worker out there that if you walk into your accountant's office in February, March, or April of next year, that's going to help you really save taxes for 2021. You've got to be intimately involved with that right now to make some of those moves. It's too late. It's a historical document that people are filling out for you next the first quarter of next year. If you're not doing it now, it's going to be too late to do it next year. I hear that. And I think a lot of the times we wait too late um, to pay attention to our taxes. I feel like a lot of us probably just recently finished our whole tax journey for 2020. We need to get on the ball, I think, right now and start looking at what 2021 is like. So here is what is happening. We're inviting our membership to Take advantage of all these strategies to grow your business and make more money. Guess what happened to a lot of our members last year, Deborah? A lot of our members made more money. Guess what also happened to our members this year? Bigger tax bill. The tax bill was bigger. What advice do you have for us? What can we do now to make sure that next year it's not looking that crazy way? There's there's a couple of obvious, uh, very fundamental things that you need to do. The biggest thing is making sure that you're structured the right way, because how you're structured, the exact same income can get taxed totally differently. Um, most, I mean, I went, I can give a whole dissertation on which entity is better, but most of our service-based professionals should be either an LLC or an S corporation. Um, I prefer the S corporation. I mean, I'm not a lawyer or anything. Both of them have legal protections for you, but from a tax perspective, I prefer the S corporation um, structure Um, just because you're able to mitigate some of the self-employment tax that goes along with being, you know, being an independent contractor or being self-employed. And if you make that difference in your in your structure, you could literally say on $100,000, 
you can literally save me. I mean, most clients that I have that are making right at a hundred thousand dollars, if they change strategies, that one strategy alone could save them about $7,500. Um, that's huge. There's a lot of cool things that, I mean, I have clients that have children, um, that are in, it just, you know, obviously not toddlers, but I mean, I could come up with an idea a way for toddlers, but I have a lot of my clients hiring their children because uh, now with the new tax law, they can make $12,000 and changed. It changes every year. I think it's 12,400 this year for zero tax. Right. So if I am, take off of my family income, $12,400 that my kids are now paying zero on and say my rate is even just only 25%. I've just saved, you know, whatever that in the head, $4,000, $3,000. Um, that's huge, right? I mean, obviously you got to dot some I's and cross some T's. I mean, so you want to make sure you have like some kind of a job description for them, but mm -hmm. think about it. You're paying for things for your kids anyway. I mean, my kids oh, sure. both have cars. My kids are in college. I mean, I have to give them money all the time. So why not have them on my payroll? And that saved me thousands of dollars, you know, on our family tax bill, because that's really important is, is shifting income sometimes is a really important thing to do. You can't do it if you wait and see somebody in March or April, right? You need to be already kind of ahead and planning that. Um, there's a lot of cool strategies. I've got ways where people can save up to, I mean, actually deduct up to a hundred percent of their medical expenses. Again, you can't do it in February, March, or April of next year. We got to have the right stuff set up. There's some, you know, T's you got to cross and some I's you got to dot to make that happen. Um, those are some of the really cool things. Um, trying to think, you know, retirement planning, there's different plans that we can mm. set up for ourselves because, you know, my whole mantra, make more, keep more and grow more money. You know, the grow more is, you know, I've made, I've got a business and I've made some money and I want to make sure it's working for me the best that it can. Well, sometimes it's just choosing the right kind of retirement plan. Um, again, most, some of those things have to be established and done during the calendar year. You can't just come in and say, oh, great. Hey, guess what? My tax bill is 20,000. I'd like to, you know, yeah, you could still do an IRA maybe, but that's, I mean, that's limited to six or $7,000. Some of these other plans, if you're making good money and making more money this year, you could put, you know, up to $52,000 in, right? But you can't do it next February, March, or April. You got to have that, your act together before then. What's the one, I mean, I have, I have so many questions, Deborah. What's the one deduction that like people just seem to be missing and you're totally baffled by? You know, most of them get the obvious ones, right? I mean, you know, we all know that, you know, I mean, forget the personal ones. Everybody has the mortgage interest, property taxes, those kind of things. But I think a lot of clients are missing out on, um, gosh, which ones are they really missing on? They're, they're missing a lot. I would say more so it's just the leakage on every line item on their tax return because they're not tracking it enough because you're pulling out cash and paying for something. And then you forget to put it on some kind of an expense report. They're using, you know, the, the, the family credit card, and then they forget to go back and, and categorize that. Mm -hmm. That's why just having the systems and strategy in place where like, I put like almost all of my business expenses on American Express. I mean, I have other cards that I use, but I don't want to forget that, okay, oh gosh, our family discover card, I paid for that office depot, you know, charge. That's where I think the leakage is really happening is that they don't have the systems in place to make sure everything is, is accumulated. Does that make sense? That I think most people know sense. the expenses, right? Know the things that are deductible. They just don't have their act together to capitalize on it. I think one of the things that we can really have you back to talk about is talking about 
different types of business structures and how taxes affect them, because I think that there's there's a real opportunity to dive more deeply into that conversation. I want to put something out to you, though. A lot of our entrepreneurs in our group are wanting to be more socially responsible. What mm-hmm. is your take on B Corps? I really don't have a, a take on it. I'm so busy. I mean, I'm so into my part of, I mean, it's like even people ask me a little bit about like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. That's a specialized area. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm it's just like many years ago. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I had the choice to push clients in the direction of QuickBooks or Peachtree accounting, because back in the early nineties, when I started this business, those were the two big ones out there. So I made the choice at that point. I mean, of course I know about a lot of stuff. I made the choice at that point. I really thought it'd be cool to support Peachtree because it was based in Atlanta and all that kind of stuff, but it had 300,000 users and QuickBooks back then had 3 million users. So I'm like, let's see if I, as a business owner, which one of these should I support? So it's really not something I'm that familiar with. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And you know, it's always a good idea to you speak believe about that the I things. admit it, I don't know something. <laughs> but that's this is good. It's always good to talk about the things that you are absolutely familiar with and very certain about. And I really like the idea that you suggest that an S corporation might be a better idea for some of our business owners who are starting starting out. They're trying to decide between should I go with an LLC, should I go with an S corporation? And for the tax benefit, I can really see the benefit of leaning towards an S corp. Uh, when you are thinking, when you're seeing your clients and we're talking now a little bit more about the mindset, what's, what, what do you think is holding us back from just being fully actualized and realized with the idea of wealth? You know, I think, I mean, I, I mean, I think there's so many it's, it's mine. It's their own mind games. There's so many things. I mean, there's all kinds of people that are really, really, really into the mindset that there's research that something that was said, something that you were, that you heard pre seven years old has formed the way you think about money for the whole rest of your life. And I've even heard people say it's maybe even, you know, in the womb. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it could be even in your DNA from, from your ancestors. I don't know how valid that is, but the thing is we get this, we hear something. I mean, I I grew up in a much more modest lifestyle than, than I have now. My, my grandparents were grew, grew up in the depression. I mean, it was all about saving when we were growing up and not spending money and that's too expensive. And, you know, you know, kind of you almost had this like attitude, rich people are bad or whatever. Um, and, and changing those attitudes, I think that's what holds people back because even I sometimes being in a way different situation than I was growing up, I still think, should I spend that money? You know, I mean, you still have these stories that are going on with you. I think that's it. And I think most people just don't have the knowledge and they're embarrassed to ask about what they don't know about. Right. Um, I had say this all the time. I mean, you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table. There's, you know, your whole extended family is sitting there and, you know, nobody will say what they're investing in or what they're doing for taxes or, or, or how much money they make or whatever. Cause, but they'll say a raunchy sex joke. That's totally inappropriate. And that's okay. That, I mean, I'm not saying that's just my family. I think it's everybody. I mean, people won't talk about money because they act like, it's a taboo subject, but the reality is it affects everything that we do. And the healthier relationship is with money, the healthier it is in business. Because I do think where it shows up a lot for women in business is their inability to ask people to pay them um, for the things that they're doing. 
I mean, yes, of course, we're going to serve people. You don't stay in business if you're not serving. That's just a, that's a non-issue. If you, if you don't provide the services that people are asking for, you're not going to stay in business. But they're not asking for the right for the full value of their service. And I'm a full firm believer. And I think it's all about money. It's energy that if you haven't spent twenty thousand dollars with someone, you are never going to be able to get that to come out of your mouth and ask somebody to spend twenty thousand dollars with you. And so I think people really have to acknowledge that and, 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 and get a better attitude towards money. It's, it's their attitude. It's the, and it's not just that it's also societal. I think if you listen to the media, if you listen, which I don't even turn the TV on, I can't even stand it anymore. I mean, just all the messaging that we're getting is almost like anti-success, anti-wealth. And, and, and we're kind of programmed that it's bad to, to want to pursue wealth. I, I think. And what's the workaround? How do we get past this? Oh, I think it's 100%. It's who you hang out with. It goes back to that pyramid of, of wealth. It's you, you hang out with the right people. You hang out with people think the way you do that can bring more, more um, information to the table. And you just have to do that. I mean, it's, it really is. And you have to find a good mentor in it because I mean, I am literally probably one of the most highly financially educated people you're going to know. I've licensed in almost everything. I'm a CPA. I've got all kinds of licenses and um, I have an MBA in finance. None of this stuff really came from that formal education. And even if I wanted it to come from the formal education, most our high schools at less than 4% of them them even have any form of financial education for kids to graduate from high school. Less than 4% of the high schools in the country. That's criminal. I mean, we have sex education for every single one of them, you know, but we're not going to tell them about how to balance their checkbook or how a credit card works or, I mean, that just makes no sense to me. So I think we really have to advocate for financial literacy. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I thought it was so important that we have these conversations, have this series diving deeply into what's going on with our money and how can we, in a way, think differently about money and what money means to us. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Deborah. And, you know, we could have this conversation all day long because there's so many questions and there's so much that I would love to ask. There's a couple of things that I have because I do focus on women entrepreneurs. And so if people will go to money reimagined, just like it's spelled money reimagined.com, I I have a um, report there. I mean, actually a a kind of a little ebook fast track revenue formula. And I talk about different ways to increase your revenue, the, the composition of the revenue that you should have, the types of revenues you should have and just ways to get, because the thing is you can't keep money or grow money if you don't bring it in. So this is just some revenue ideas. And then I'm actually doing a training on March, uh, I mean, March, June 22nd, where I'm going to go into some of these things. I mean, really like what the money moves you should be making right now as we emerge from the uh, pandemic. Because I think, Mm -hmm. I think we, there are some things that strategic things that we should all be doing and thinking about. And I have a, I mean, it's a free webinar because I am from a place of education. If it makes sense, people contact me further. But to me, I I think about this stuff. I do this stuff all the time. And I have a bit.ly that I can share on that as well. Deborah, as always, you put the fun back in money and I love it. Y'all have a great day and I'll see you guys on the next show. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL.
Podcast Network.